0: Good uh, clubhouse! This is Caroline with Daily Review.
1: And this is Mike from Pop Culture Review. And this is Without a Paddle, the Shit Creek Podcast. Tonight we're talking about episode 11 of season 6, The Bachelor Party. It was written by a uh, season 6 fan fave, or Mike fave anyway, David West Reed, and directed by Andrew Cividino. <sighs> Caroline.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: This is like day 99 of self-isolation. My beard has now reached the floor. Oh my God. I'm eating dog food. Away. I, I have inflated a volleyball. I have named Spalding, which doesn't even make sense. Things have gone very badly here.
0: Wow. Uh. Yeah, this is try seven <laughs> to get this podcast recorded because with everyone in the free world and even the not free world even the communist world on the internet because we're all in isolation due to the rona then uh yeah everyone's wrecking <laughs> our bandwidth <laughs> keeps kicking my us corona off. oh whoa i never even thought of that song why are people not playing that or messing with my that
1: corona it's been insane. We've been trying to record this
0: endlessly, endlessly, and we
1: both have very fast internet normally. I mean, we record a lot of content over here at the Pod Clubhouse, but I don't know something about something about this episode, especially in particular, has not wanted to put, be put on tape. Maybe it's that we're recording things to tape.
0: What? what does it? I mean? said maybe
1: it's the fact that we're recording to tape. Recording to tape. And never mind. It was a joke I made. It's fine. It wasn't funny. We can go on. <laughs>
0: I think it's because every ghoul child in the land is
1: now online for squall
0: escuela
1: sure and 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 every parent is like surfing hardcore porn to get away from all of their troubles also i mean the bandwidth is being tested
0: (laughs) i was doing this like bingo this like at home bingo thing that was like you have to cross off all the things that's been happening and i was like i don't see a square for like watched tawdry material online (laughs) i was like i would totally have bingo if that was on here yeah for sure. sure i mean think
1: about how many work employers block those kinds of sites you know, if you're working from home, this is like a new kind of freedom. Be like, yeah, I can look at your TPS sheets, but I could also look at some girl-on-girl action.
0: Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> All right.
1: You know, that's really efficient multitasking. Not that I do that, but I'm saying the populace at large.
0: Are you ready to dive <laughs> in to the creek?
1: <laughs> yeah. Very wholesome show of Shit's Creek. Uh, <laughs> Join us later for a pod clubhouse after dark. <laughs> it's always
0: after dark, it feels. I don't even know when it's day or night anymore.
1: <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's just the bleakness in your soul. Things are getting so weird. Can I tell you, it fucking snowed today. On top of all this, it snowed. It is almost April. All right, quit the bullshit with the snow in, in the Northeast. Enough of that.
0: Meanwhile, it's like almost 90 degrees here in Texas, and it's bonkers. It shouldn't be that hot yet. It's just weird.
1: It shouldn't be so that weird. cold shouldn't be that cold. Go Mm -hmm. home, spring, you're drunk. Wasn't today like, I think today is like the vernal equinox. To tell you how long we've been trying to record this episode, it is almost time for the next episode, and we're still trying (laughs) to record this episode. I know.
0: Even in this right now, what we're recording, we're not even successfully recording this episode.
1: Yeah, we're still on, though. We're still moving forward, though.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, we haven't been dropped, so that's a very perk. Four,
1: four minutes. We've made three porn references. I think we're doing pretty good.
0: Wow. That is impressive.
1: This episode of Schitt's Creek was not about porn, sadly.
0: Shocking. I mean, it was a bachelor party. One would think there might be some actual, you know, skin shown. We might have visited the... If it went, Okay, so if the bar is called the Wobbly Elm, what would their strip joint be called? <sighs> Timber?
1: That would be like the male strip joint, I think.
0: Hmm. Oh Lots yeah, of wood, good call. Right? twin pines? What would you call? What mm. Twin Peaks, I guess? Let's what see. do you call? Mm.
1: How about uh the knotty pines?
0: Oh, I was going with like knot hole. The knot hole.
1: Yeah, the knot hole or the beaver dam. <laughs> How about the wobbly beaver dam?
0: <laughs> the wobbly beaver dam. Yeah. <laughs> Everything has to be tree related, right? So I don't know if it's beaver related exactly. Well, what do but... beavers
1: cut to make their dams, Caroline?
0: I don't, I don't know, Mike. What do beavers cut? Is it wood?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like woodchucks. How much woodchuck could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? I don't know. You have to go to the wobbly <laughs> tree and find out. I'd rather go to the knot hole. <laughs> yeah, you would. High five. That's
0: kind of sassy, isn't it? I think that's a good one. Listen,
1: it's a good one. I'm telling you, the self isolation. I'm a changed man, woman. I'm a changed man.
0: You're both a changed man, woman. Oh boy. Yeah, it's been Stuff's tough. What's going on with you? A Wild.
1: lot of stuff. A lot of hair coming out of places that my mom and dad never told me about. It's, oh my gosh. It's, it's been a, it's been a whole. Thing. We were
0: talking earlier about how like it definitely very much feels like underwear or pants, but like there's no reason for both. One no. or the other.
1: No, no. It's a, it's a very freewheeling. Existence. I am living the last week for sure, for sure.
0: All of us. I don't even. I mean, guys, girls, dogs, cats, living together. It's all. Everything's happening. It's Crazyville. I don't know, you guys.
1: It Let's has cut you? down on my on my uh, laundry, though. I did wash earlier today. I had very few clothes in the wash because I haven't really worn <laughs> anything, you know?
0: <laughs> well, kind of opposite. you are just been wearing the same thing.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. But yes, but it cut down on things that I've actually made it to the washing machine. You know, True. in a normal week, there's a lot of clothes. There's like a full set of pants and shirts and underwear and socks every day. I think I, think I had like, you know, two pairs of socks, like a pair of underwear, a couple shorts. That was it. I haven't worn a sh- I don't even know where my shirts are. Yeah. I haven't worn a shirt in it's four days. Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Me neither. I don't even know why anyone would. It's a hassle, really.
1: This might be a permanent lifestyle change. I may have to find a new <laughs> job to accommodate my new my newfound interests.
0: Nudity. It might make things awkward at work.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You don't know the people I work with, but maybe, maybe not. Very true. Caroline. Have you ever yeah. waited for a phone call that was so important to you that you trusted it to the most bumbling assistant that you possibly could have to intercept the call for you?
0: I've definitely waited for a phone call, uh, but I would definitely trust no one with that, much less the legs of one rolling shit. Oh, my gosh, Mike, I meant to tell you this. I read this online, but I had to tell you this right away. Okay, so their son's name is Mutt, right? Mm-hmm mutts like dog yep. so his actual name is dog shit
1: <laughs> that's funny i never put that together that's pretty funny
0: that's nuts i was like oh my god oh my god
1: that's funny because i've always laughed about rolling shit is it like is like rolling rolling in shit mm-hmm. you know like rolling in shit rolling yeah, shit But
0: mutt was much more subtle yes that one was subtle. just sitting there this whole time as they named their son dog shit wow
1: <laughs> that's intense that's intense they didn't really like him too too much as it turned out
0: I know. Are you surprised that
1: we haven't seen Mutt? I I thought for the final season we would see him again. I'm a little surprised. I think he's the only person we haven't seen of anyone who was ever kind of a regular cast member kind of come back yet.
0: I would love to know some backstory on that. Like, did he not get along with everybody? Or, like, does he really have all these other offers? Because it's not like we're seeing him and stuff. What's your story, Mutt?
1: Maybe they're still mad that they made him uh, dye his beard jet black. The first season, maybe <laughs> I mean, he never got over that.
0: That's a possibility. Maybe he just didn't rub everybody the right way.
1: Well, with a beard like that, maybe not.
0: He did shave it. So you well, know what true. I say: lose the beard, lose the girl, lose the woman. Mm-hmm. Keep that beard, boys.
1: It's beard weather. It, this is listen. This is beard season. <laughs> this is beard see. If you're not gonna have a beard during coronavirus lockdown, then when are you gonna get a beard? There is no. This is the moment that we have all been waiting for. Grooming is out the window. Women, let your legs get hairy. Men, let your beards flow free. This is what we have been training for all this time. Uh, I already think I know the answer, but tell me, were you just super annoyed at this whole Roland uh, screwing up Ike and Mike?
0: It felt super weird. Like, I didn't understand it at all. It doesn't match anything. That whole weirdness about how we've talked about, like, Roland and Johnny's relationship and how, you know, we went all the way to this point of, like, oh, there's a lawyer. And, like, well, I'll believe you, Roland, and blah, 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 all that business— And we were like that's a weird relationship and now they've like swung the other way but johnny is back to like original johnny who like is sort of trusting roland but is also like it doesn't make sense to trust him and he knows that it's it's weird it's weird and that whole ike thing uh roland is not this stupid you know there's like dorky and like uncouth, but he's not this stupid. Confusing Mike and I, come on.
1: I feel like it was really forced, but I also feel like it's not the first time they've done that this season, though, right? Wasn't there a screw-up when he, about calling the motel... And he was trying to get the name of the person, but he was on his ride-a-mower while he was doing it. And so he didn't hear the name properly. Maybe he's just not, maybe he doesn't understand how to use a phone.
0: Maybe that's the whole thing.
1: (laughs) Maybe he's, maybe, you know, growing up in Schitt's Creek, everyone he ever needed to talk to has always been within a couple doors from him. Maybe he just doesn't understand how phones work, let alone cell phones.
0: It is a possibility. I I don't know. I thought that this was a weird part of the plot. I was like, okay. I, I mean, they should have come up with a couple of other reasons. I know that before, remember when they were expecting another phone call in a previous episode and the calls kept coming through to, like, the room that was supposed to come through, Johnny and Moira's, it couldn't pick up? But then it would, like, patch it through to the kids' rooms and then back and forth. Like, so we've had this kind of, like, trying to get a phone call, can't make it through. Right.
1: That was hysterical. I mean, that was early. That was early. It was, like, what? Like, that was early season one, I feel like. It was pretty Mm -hmm. early on. I remember laughing heartily at at the hijinks (laughs) of that. Th- this was just kind of cringeful, but I guess you have to get Roland in there somewhere. I guess, you know, wherever they I pick guess. for Silliet, you know, contractually, know. They, have to, they have to have him in the episode.
0: I suppose so. Were you hopeful this uh, previous assistant, former assistant, was going to come through with an actual meeting for Johnny? Did you feel like it was or did you feel like this was going to be a dead end?
1: Yes, I very much wanted it to come through for him. And because I wanted it to work out for him so badly, I was sure that it was not going to, that this was going to be another Scream Nastics experience, you know, for Johnny. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I really enjoyed the rest of the phone antics. When he can't get to his phone, I mean, he's the only one who gives it up because the rules say he has to put his phone in the lockbox at the escape room and, and he, he hears it ringing and all of those hijinks. Really enjoyed that. And I could, uh, I could identify it. I've been there. I think a lot of people can identify with, I-, I need my phone. Where's my phone? Why don't I have my phone? It was just this Roland thing just was such a bump for me. I was like, lay, lay. but I think it recovered pretty well.
0: I agree. So did did you think that it made sense that Johnny didn't say anything to the family like throughout the whole thing and was like trying to like keep it to himself?
1: Did it make sense? No, but it made enough sense that I it didn't stop me from enjoying the reveal and, and their happiness for him and, and everyone having like a positive the feeling about it. I think you could see some kind of line where Johnny feels like he has let down the family in in pulling his weight. I mean, that's a recurring theme, right? With Johnny Rose is that, you know, he often feels he's the only one who who hasn't done something.
0: Yeah, for sure. Whether it's
1: real or imagined. And so so from that point of view, I could see where he wouldn't want to get hopes up for something really significant. I mean, we're talking about New York meetings. You know, this yeah. is like This is big deal shit. Uh, Big deal shit scream. Yeah, so, no, it didn't bother me. Did did it bother you? Did it feel false to you?
0: I thought that it was weird that he hadn't told Moira, but, I mean, not telling the kids, I can understand. You know, in the whole, like, selling the town thing, I know he came and ran and told everyone, and so maybe he felt, like, lesson learned. Not gonna tell anybody, but... I was so relieved when they actually played the voicemail and and the guy didn't say anything horrible and be like, yeah, this sounds awful, I don't know what you're talking about, or like prank caller, wrong number, any kind of bullshit that he actually was like, this is a great idea and I'd love to take a meeting with you. Wow. (sighs) You know, sigh of relief.
1: Right. And not a meeting in like six months, like a meeting next Tuesday in New York. I got to tell you, though, just knowing how TV works, when they started it off by all the funny voicemails that came before, you know, David and and Moira talking about, you know, making excuses to blow off the bachelor (laughs) party. When, When I heard that, that's how they were setting it up. Then, like, I relaxed a lot because... That would be just too cruel for this show to, you know, have that kind of awkward stuff and then a bad voicemail to go with it. So I like that they kind of prefaced it with all that stuff. It made me feel better. surprised that you said that you were surprised. I'm surprised that you were surprised that he didn't tell Moira. Sometimes it feels like he's more likely to tell, like, David something than he would to tell Moira. I guess so. I feel like, he, you know, at their relationship what it is. I don't know that Moira would be the first person he would go to with that kind of news. I think Stevie...
0: Yeah, for sure. She knew.
1: Does Moira seem like the person to to you that Johnny is running to with that kind of news?
0: Well, I mean, yes, in the terms of like, I mean, I do think that they have like a good marriage and stuff like that. But I guess ever since the fragility that she showed surrounding her career and everything and the way that she had like had the breakdown in the closet and stuff like that, then I'm going to say, well, maybe not so much. Maybe now he, he just tries to keep things like as even keel as possible, which is, you know, respectable. So I'm super looking forward to this meeting. Do you feel like it's going to go somewhere really positive? I mean, we only have a couple of episodes
1: left. I think, yeah. I think it is going to be positive because the show only has three episodes left, right? Two episodes, three episodes left. I you know, April much. April 7th is the final episode. It's coming fast, I guess is my I point.
0: Oh, it feels so weird.
1: 20 minutes or 21 minutes an episode, you really have to get into everyone's endgame. And I think we started to see a little bit tonight with Alexis. So I think this is, I think Johnny's next. I think he's due. I think he's really due for a win. Because it's not just Johnny. It's Stevie. It's Roland and, and the shit's family sacrifice that they have made. His family's financial future Or at least him and Moira. I mean, the kids look like they'll probably be able to make it on their own at this point. But a lot rides on this going well. So my heart of heart tells me it has to go well.
0: I sure hope so. Let's get into Moira and what did not go so well this week. What did you think about Moira's storyline?
1: Loved it. I loved it. I I thought this was so funny. The idea of originally saying that's an international airline and it turns out it's Larry Air, but of course it had to be Larry Air, you know, (laughs) uh, the line reads and stuff. It was just great acting. It was the acting between her and uh, between Alexis uh, when she's in the booth. Annie Murphy gives this wide-eyed bug out at hearing her mom's lines. Like, I, I just wrote, I just wrote, Alexis's wide eyes are classic. It was just <laughs> such a good scene. What, what did you think of this? Did, did this make you laugh or was it just a, a force grown for you?
0: I really laughed. I was thinking about all the times when I have kind of coerced anyone into something like being like, oh, this is going to be great. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then – having to watch as they sort of like twist in the wind because whatever it was didn't turn out to be as like authentically good as I had hoped and this person's staring me down and I'm like it's still good it's okay no you don't look that you don't look silly at all just keep going like I feel like I've been in that position and I would do exactly what Annie Murphy did aka Alexis and come in fake Moira's accent and try to read the lines for her. I would do exactly that.
1: That was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. And and even funnier was that then she gave it up and she's like, no, this really doesn't this really isn't <laughs> working. And then leaves. You know, it was such an awkward thing. That the whole the whole rhythm of it, the just leaving in the middle of it, you know, when Moira says, oh, uh, that's just a touch uninspired. Like all these lines are just so <laughs> shitty and dorky and that's like she finally draws the her her own line in the sand. I loved it. Were you surprised that she seemed to be second guessing a little bit whether or not she was right to turn down the reboot? No,
0: I think I'd be second guessing forever about whether it was right to turn down the reboot. I mean, honestly, I'm still kind of flummoxed that she turned it down. I feel like in this day and age that that's like the line to how stars of the past even come back in at all. You know, I mean, that's your little in so, I don't know. I don't. Mm, I understand that they felt like they needed to keep Moira around, and I guess going to go shoot this maybe wouldn't make sense, but I really thought she needed to do the reboot. Maybe it's going to come back around again. I don't know, but I thought it would have been really funny.
1: You know, it, it's interesting. I, I think of the, t- of the family, the ones who are most primed to leave are, are the two ladies in the family. You know, yeah. I, I, you know we're going to talk about Alexis in a little while. Um, But it seems like her fortunes may lie outside of Schitt's Creek. And I agree with you. I I was really happy that Moira turned it down and the way she did it on her own terms. And it seemed like real character growth, like almost accepting Schitt's Creek as her home a little bit. But, you know, after you sober up from that saccharine sweet moment, this is not where Moira is going to have the career she wants to have. You're right. I mean, someone, you know, an older actor or actress given this chance to glory with the kind of money that they were talking about to throw at her.
0: It it seemed like a no brainer to me, like you to go and just enjoy it, you know, exploit the hell out of it. Go do your press tours and bring back that old character and everything. It's just, yeah, I was really surprised. I'm going to still put it out there that perhaps, just perhaps it comes back around as like a, well, maybe. Maybe, maybe. maybe
1: the maybe they move the filming of it to Shits Creek.
0: Oh God, that'd be so
1: crazy. Maybe it's like Sunrise <laughs> Creek is like the is the nighttime reboot version of it. Oh my god. And they god. can shoot it on location. What what did you think about uh Alexis and Moira having the lowest points of their life off in the booth before Moira decides to leave and Alexis takes over for her, or you know, that that uh, like Alexis hasn't showered in two days. I don't know, in this day and age doesn't seem so bad to me, but but yeah, you know, what did you think of that? Was that just, uh, did that make you laugh or was that just sad grumping?
0: I think that's like so common like when you're in a shit situation like that, you're like, no, this is shitty for me because of like this and the other person's like, oh no, you don't even know. It's like so much worse for me because of this. What I thought was funny is Moira's little through line in this episode but always where she can just be like selling her kids out like she'll be like oh no don't try to make up an excuse for me I couldn't have you do that and she's like already out the door <laughs> like that's so Moira
1: you know Alexis is her manager that's as her. well as her you know devoted child and so yeah that's very on brand for Moira but let's keep on Alexis though because Alexis was definitely having a relapse I, I felt like at the end of last week she was getting ready to go running I mean she's waylaid by old episodes of Sunrise Bay but were you surprised to see her have a meltdown this week about the dead cactus and the metaphor for life?
0: A little bit I was. I thought that she had been making a little bit of progress, and so I was surprised to see her crying with the cactus, her desert daisy, if you will. But at the same time, I mean, it did set her up really well for the actual bachelor party and her realization of what she thinks her next steps are.
1: Well, let's talk about the bachelor party, though, because I think for me... This was the best kind of Schitt's Creek episode. This, this part of this episode, I loved. It's rare. Think about it. It's really rare when we get the whole cast all together all at once for this amount of time.
0: This is the best kind of episode when you get the core family plus our newly joined Patrick and this is our crew.
1: Patrick got to act as the foil for everyone because he was so fucking enthusiastic about the escape room which i personally really identified with i love a good escape room
0: oh yeah i was gonna ask you so you've done an escape room and you do love love
1: love them i will do escape rooms like three times a weekend if someone was to let me the problem is finding people to go with usually it's just me and tom we're the only ones that usually have the patience and he doesn't really have the patience anyway so it's really me doing the escape room and all the work but i do love them for sure this was a really high-end one i was really impressed at the at the Schitts Creek Escape Room uh, in Strip Mall, uh, like this was pretty good. I thought.
0: Did you appreciate the the irony of the Galapagos Island theme?
1: You, you couldn't have planned it better, and I liked how Stevie was all like, "I didn't know, I didn't know." Yes,
0: <laughs> 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 they called it the laboratory. Were you impressed yeah. at
1: Stevie's bachelor party planning? P- bachelor party planning skills.
0: Oh, God, I think I've, I feel for her. I have had to plan so many birthday parties, so many 40th, so many like thirtieths, all that kind of stuff where people have these like grandiose ideas. And I'm like, awesome. Do you have a the money or b like, are you building these places anywhere nearby? Because like we, we all have the same choices, like a restaurant, the local bar, you know, I mean, these are the choices, people like get over right. yourself.
1: I thought she actually did a great job. It's usually the responsibility, right, of the maid of honor or me you know whatever her role is it seems like she would be the one primarily responsible for paying for it for one thing and david and patrick have probably very disparate views on what a good time is and i thought i thought she did a good job i mean it sounds kind of tacky but she she gave them both the best of what they could have wanted. I mean, Patrick certainly got, I think, exactly what he wanted with the escape room.
0: See, I would have said, I would have described it as like homegrown fun, right? So I would have described like like a night where you go out to the bar and you have some drinks and you go to an escape room. That sounds like any Saturday night in anywhere USA to me. So for me, I didn't really think of it as like tacky or anything as much as I just thought it was very down home kind of like this is what people do everywhere. Yeah, but I didn't get the
1: impression that this, this is the kind of thing that they do all the time. I, I think that's kind of maybe what made it special. I got the impression that it had been a long time since Patrick had been to an escape room. I don't think he had, he, he didn't strike me as he had sure. not been in the lab. And I imagine there can't be that many escape rooms <laughs> in the surrounding area. So you would think he would run through. So I didn't get the impression that this this seemed like a, a- atypical night out, especially with the whole family, getting them all involved. And they all, well, All the younger people, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) all the younger people, anyway, kind of came around. You know, they all kind of started to alpha out, especially David and then especially Alexis. You know, they all got into the game. And then they had their customized apps and drinks at the uh, Wobbly Elm.
0: I thought it was a good night. I mean, and honestly, I loved watching... I love watching all the inner dynamics that happen when you have, you know, like, blow the circle, blow the circle. Like, I have been there. I've been there with my dad and, like, hollering at one another in an escape room or, like, we just did this recently for a birthday party slash, like, baby reveal kind of thing. And it was, like, the amount of, like, open the drawer, use the key, where's the laser? Like, it was so, everyone's, like, biting at each other's necks. And (laughs) at the end, you're, like, yay! (laughs) <laughs> but really, the whole time you're like, shut up, you're an idiot.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the blowing, blowing the circle. I have that underlined twice with little stars around the <laughs> other side of it blowing on the circle bit was hysterical Um, but everyone was everyone was on brand johnny (laughs) freaking out about his phone and then realizing he was the only one who gave it up and made me laugh really hard because johnny plays by the rules you know (laughs) nobody else gave up their phone he does um moira's line that we're never getting out of here very on brand for moira
0: well and the constant talking to the mannequin and trying to get her to like give them the information (laughs) that was very moira
1: very parent-like, though, because Johnny ends up doing it, too, and it rang, it rang very true for me that a older generation would definitely try and be like, we get it. This is your job, but for Christ's sake, this is just an escape room. Let us out of here. You know? Not <laughs> not getting into the spirit yes. of the thing.
0: Did you appreciate that Alexis turns out to use all of her Alexis adventures to pull together this knowledge and be able to actually go through the steps lickety-split?
1: It was like Paris Hilton you know, stepping into the role of like Russell Crowe in Beautiful Mind. Like, it all came together. Or, like, a minority report. Like, she could see all the puzzle pieces falling into line together. I loved it. It was a great moment for her.
0: And it was funny how she, would like, give the little backstory. Like, she was like, oh, I know this because my friend got this tattoo when we were, like, in seventh grade. Like, it was funny. We got those little Alexis moments.
1: But, and, but like really paying off in a way, usually we get those stories and they're just like asides about funny adventures she had, she's had or hard life experiences. This was like practical knowledge that she has gained from all of her crazy experiences.
0: Or that her crazy experiences did actually teach her practical things. Like we had been looking at them as only crazy experiences the whole time, but really she learned things along the way. I think it gave her a ton of confidence.
1: Sure. I mean, I don't think you can easily make it home from all of those adventures without learning something and, you know, growing as a person from it. Were you impressed and or surprised by Alexis and David having kind of a genuine heart-to-heart in the middle of the escape room when uh, David tells her straight up that it would have been a mistake for her to go to the Galapagos Islands? And then, you know, he just pointedly asks her, you know, what are you going to do, follow guys around the world? Like, what do you want to do with your life? Where do you want to go? I thought that was a really... Bold moment for him and like some real straight talk.
0: I actually really enjoyed it because I think at this point in time, especially as long as it's been with them sort of struggling with who they are and what the next steps are, it made total sense to me that David would be like, enough is enough. What is it you actually want? Like it would have been a mistake for you to go to the Galapagos Islands, which I was, su- I was actually surprised that he said it. So point blank, but also kind of like relieved.
1: I was even more surprised, but also fist pumping that he said, you know, basically, what what are you going to do, follow a guy around the world? That That's some real straight talk that we don't usually see them have. As as good a relationship as these two have, we usually don't get that kind of blunt talk. I thought it was really impressive and really refreshing.
0: Well, they'd usually try to kind of, like, back off of each other's decisions a little bit. Like, no matter how sort of out there they are, they'll be like, okay, like, if that's what you want, you know. But they don't usually like, talk each other out of bad decisions, I guess I want to say. So I felt like okay all right like he's actually being very real with her and she's listening that was even extra great he she didn't give him like the like fuck off
1: yeah like she was really valu- valuing his opinion uh, when when you when you reach that age and that maturity where you and your siblings can actually talk to each other and give meaningful advice that the other person or you, you know, like, can take to heart. It, it's it's an interesting place that you know maybe not everyone reaches, but I was so happy to see these two get there.
0: Me too. They always have shown concern for one another, but they would sort of back off and like yield to right. each other's independence. Like, well, you know what you're doing, you know, like make that next mistake. You know, I I felt really good for
1: them. And like talking about, you know, whose turn is it to have a selfish or you know, it, it's always they they have these kinds of talks, but it's always in the very immediate moment of I'm going through something, I don't have time for you, or how many times have I been there for you, kind of thing. This was, you know, I, I, I've said it now a couple times, but it's real talk. It was it was, it was was a kind of real talk that we haven't seen them have before, so I was really happy for it. Uh, before we move off of The Bachelor Party and we get to the customized appetizers and drinks, I, I did note her take on it's something Egyptian, so it's either Mummies or Rami Malek, made me Made me laugh out loud. It was maybe my favorite.
0: That was super funny. Well, we also have to mention the I'm stupid, I'm with stupid t-shirts that I can't even believe that David and Patrick actually wore. Like, good on David for being
1: such a good sport. A little behind the scenes here. Took a screenshot of that when I was uh, screening the episode, and I sent it because it was not one of the promotional pictures, which I couldn't believe they didn't have it as one of the promotional pictures. And I and I sent it to Caroline so she could have it and have a good laugh. I, f- I feel like we saw this in a trailer with the T-shirts forever ago, and I had been waiting. I had been yes. waiting for it to come up. So when I saw it, I knew you would find it really funny.
0: <laughs> have you ever had to wear some donkey ass shit like that, where it's like you know whatever Mr. And Mrs. or bride and groom or whatever nonsense? Or I'm was stupid for sake. Although I don't think I know anybody that would wear the I'm Stupid shirt.
1: Yeah, really good sport for David. I mean, talk about him being a team player. For a guy who wanted to have a Tunisian dolphin cruise experience, (laughs) being in an escape room in Elmdale wearing your I'm Stupid t-shirt is a far cry from that. So good for David.
0: I do have to call like one eyebrow on this one. Because when Stevie was explaining the idea of going to the escape room, and he says, you lost me at group game. Mmm... Do you remember when they had the group game stuff back when they when Alexis wanted to throw a uh-huh. party? While he definitely had rules about group games, he was not anti group games. Like he was all about game night and exactly how they should run. So I was kinda like, uh, he doesn't like hate group oh, games. He,
1: I got I got it was he was more turned off at the whole family experience group game. I thought it was the whole family being there for it. Uh, For his bachelor party, that he was turned off by.
0: Oh no! Didn't you think they were coming the whole time? Didn't he think they were coming? I I think
1: it was hitting him that uh, we're doing uh, we're doing a group game activity for my bachelor party that my family will be at. I think it was a confluence of events. Oh. I don't think it was one particular thing. I okay. think it was all of that together hitting him. You know, the the escape room was not the part of the bachelor party that he was super jazzed about.
0: I don't know what he was super jazzed about, to be but, honest. Well, he ended up
1: having <laughs> a very good time at the escape room. You know, it, I, it, it, was a, it was fun seeing him blowing the circles and really getting competitive.
0: <laughs> They're contagious. Once things start getting really going, I mean, everyone really does want to win. Once you
1: get the one clue... It feels like the world is open to you, taking it by the balls and just whipping it around as much as you want. Like it, finding that first clue or the first key or the first combination in an escape room, it, it, it's one of the best feelings in the world for anyone who hasn't done an escape room.
0: Have you ever had that moment though, with like like more at the end when like someone has just been sitting back doing literally fucking nothing and then they're like, try the key in the door, like she says, and then she's like, we all helped. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, you didn't do anything. Yeah.
1: I, I, I have more than once. So I think we have to get to the end of the episode where they move on to the Wobbly Elm for their customized apps and drinks. And uh I think we had some real like end game moments here. What did you think about Alexis's conversation with David?
0: I worry so much about what this means and what it means for the family in terms of like I want Alexis to be able to move on. I just wish that there was some opportunity that could enable her to be still with the family and I know that sounds like kind of a little crazy because you know it's not like people have to stay together in a little family unit the rest of their lives but I don't know it seemed like they had spent so much time apart that it was a little hurting my heart this idea of this bigger pot and needing to move on and watching David's face like kind of fall to realize like she's gonna have to go and like my business and my my relationship and everything that's going on is here and is like permanently here so and I say that permanently, but I mean, I guess always, you know, they could franchise their store, right? They could do other things. But I don't know. It hurt my heart because I felt bad. I don't want Alexis to – I don't want David and Alexis and all of them to be busted up. Is that selfish of me, Mike? Should I let Alexis move on?
1: No, I don't think it's selfish. I think it's a pretty honest assessment of the situation, or it is to me anyway, because I felt similarly – I was really happy with Alexis uh, that she had the self-realization that she felt like she was herself again, you know, solving a high pressure problem, you know, it really helped her out. And then she brought it back to the beginning episode about why the cactus died. And, you know, maybe it was because it had outgrown its pot and, you know, it needed something bigger. And maybe she also needed something bigger. She really played the plant metaphor pretty far. But it it was interesting to me because think back to when they were selling the town so many years ago. And David asks her to move in with him when they get back to New York. And she tells him that she thinks she's going to go move out on her own, or she would think she was still with Stavros at that point, maybe, Uh, and said, basically turned him down. And he felt, and he looked so crestfallen at the idea of, this was so different, I felt like. It was very similar, but it was also very different. You know, the idea that he would still be here and she would be leaving and he still looked crestfallen. But here, it didn't seem selfish, or it didn't seem hurtful, or uh, it didn't seem like she was being selfish here. She just seemed like she was making a good decision for herself. You know, so I was very torn, like you. I felt felt selfish because I don't want her to leave, but I was also very happy that she seems to be making good decisions for herself and for her future.
0: I will agree with you that it felt like this was an earned decision in terms of, like, she's actually grown and changed and is doing different things and that's why she needed to leave as opposed to earlier on when she was just seeming to like ditch David. It doesn't feel like she's ditching him. It seems like, you know, I I need to go where there's bigger opportunities for me and that just makes sense. Like she needs to be in high pressure, busy, crazy world.
1: Yeah, she can't do all the things that she's good at doing in Schitt's Creek. Um, It it just doesn't get her going. I mean, there was a little bit. Yes, I agree with you. It was well-earned. And we had a little bit of it tonight where she was so down on herself about getting her, her mother, her client, you know, shitty Larry Air voiceover readings and stuff. She feels increasingly like she's trapped. She's got all this potential. She's got some mojo going. And she she's just hitting the ceiling of what she can do here. Last thing before before I wrap out my notes anyway. What did you think of Moira taking the final speech of the night to toast Johnny versus David and Patrick? Uh, (laughs) What did you you think of her final toast?
0: Oh, my goodness. It's so Moira, right? It's just so Moira. And David the entire time had sprinkled through all those little things like, oh, you know, like you're going to attend. Thank you. And then like this little moment was like, I said no speeches. Moira. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day she's looking at that big picture. She's looking at like what's gonna happen with the with the whole crew. You know, she's not looking at David and Patrick. She's thinking about like, man, if this actually moves forward and Johnny really got us through this, then he's the one who deserves the speech, you know.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really sweet. I mean, I think it was classic classic Moira. You know, for giving a toast for a person that was not the point of the celebration, that seems very on brand for Moira, but it was so sweet uh, for Johnny. And we don't really get sincere sweetness from her a lot. And so I, I always want to soak it up, you know, like, you know, whenever I can, whenever she's willing to dole it out. So, especially for Johnny, who is just such a good underdog so often. Uh, I was I was so happy for him at the end of this episode getting a good phone call from Mike Morrison.
0: He worked so hard, and he he really again and talked about like earned. Endings. I mean, he has worked hard for six years. We have watched the guy sitting in Bob's garage trying to come up with ideas. You know, just really, really trying, taking little meetings with Screamnastics and doing all those little things that, like, it's like, come on, come on, come on, little engine that could. Like, we can do this. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that things really fall into place for him.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, I I think Alexis kicked it off tonight, but I think we're into the final end game. You know, we've got the wedding. We've got Alexis' new life movements. We've got the franchising seemingly on track with the Mike Morrison meeting. We got Moira and her decision about the reboot. I think I think the last two episodes have really started to shape the final arc for all of these people. Um, for for all of these people that we've just grown to love.
0: I love it for this family, and I really I feel like I can I can see where the, they all started and where all their well where their stories are ending in a way that's like it wasn't contrived. It doesn't feel. Like they just jumped around or they just made something happen. Like every single person went through so much to get to where they are that, you know, you couldn't really have anything but like applause and smiles and little tears of joy and stuff for them.
1: Before we go any further, actually, we're, I mean, we're pretty much done with the episode, but we have to give our listeners weekly word or phrase for our shitty contest.
0: We totally do.
1: Would you like to tell our listeners what the phrase of the week is this week? No. <laughs> what?
0: You never want to give it to them. I never want to do it.
1: <laughs> I'm going to keep asking. We still have three okay. more t- three more chances for me to ask. So, <laughs> dear listeners, our <laughs> shitty contest is that if you send us, starting with episode eight, our word or phrase of the week, every, every week you send it to us in DM, either by Twitter or by Instagram, you'll be entered to win one of our five prize packs that we have of Schitt's Creek Rose Apothecary merchandise and Rosebud Motel merchandise. Purchased from uh, the Beekman 1802 pop-up experience and McGillicuddy's Naturals up in Sharon Springs, New York. If you head to our website, podclubhouse.com, or check us out online, you'll see all the rules that you need. But the phrase of the week uh, will be, for episode 11, will be, Tahitian Dolphin Cruise. Tahitian Dolphin Cruise is the phrase of the week.
0: Doesn't that sound so delightful? Like, man... Is our t- Tahitian Dolphin Cruises ever going to happen again, Mike? I don't know.
1: I always wanted to go to Tahiti. I love dolphins and I love cruises. I love literally all three things in those sentences that I never know. I don't know if I will ever be able to do any of them again or for the first time.
0: <laughs> Let's just hope that like when this is all over and, and the cruises are up and running again, let us all take a Tahitian Dolphin Cruise. Let's just do it. It's a whole I Shits it. Creek crew.
1: That's it, guys. We'll see, you, we'll see you on the top. We'll see you on the Lido deck with exactly. some fruity drinks.
0: This is Caroline with Daily Review.
1: And this is Mike for Pop Culture Review.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.